This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Peter writes, great podcast. Thank you for doing what you do, being the voice of us diehard Met fans. My brother and I love to play off-season Mets GM and often have a realistic view on the off-season plans and what we're capable of doing. I didn't submit our version of an off-season plan, but if we did, it would have 100% included Yamamoto. Over the last few weeks, and especially after Otani went to the Dodgers, I was getting worried we wouldn't land him. I always felt confident we would have gotten him over the Yankees, and it looks like we would have done that just if it came down to the two New York teams. Despite what Andy Martino had to say, the Players Union encouraged every player to take the most money to set the bar higher for the next phenom pitcher, and Yamamoto did just that. It it just wasn't with us. We were the stalking horse. The team in the end that was used as leverage for the Dodgers front office to match. But anyway, I digress. I'm over it. I've had this plan in my back pocket. Would love your take on it. All right. Before we address his plan, while I think that the Dodger, I'm sorry, Yamamoto and his camp were using the Mets. Again, if you make him an offer, the Dodgers can't match. You at least put him and his agent in that spot of turning down the most money. Now, when you're making an offer, do you know what the other teams are offering? Not necessarily. I get that. It's not like the Mets knew, okay, LA's offering 12 for 300. We'll offer 12 for 325 because you know that's not that far off. It's really $2.5 million a year off. It's not that much for a team like the Dodgers owned by Guggenheim that just dropped $700 million as deferred as it is for Shohei Otani. They needed... And this is the way I always felt about this. They needed to significantly blow him away. They did not do that. Here's his solid plan B or 1A. Over the last two years, Cohen has been stealth-like. This year has been more of the same as all of these deals were done with not many of us see coming. I think that's how this front office is planning on running. I think with that that MO, they're going to fill that hole in the rotation with Trevor Bauer on a one- to two-year deal with a prove-it-on-a-big-stage contract, maybe one or two years at $20 million per incentives. 
If that does not happen, I see a trade happening with San Diego who wants to lower payroll under $200 million, and maybe they pry away you Darvish in a salary dump for prospect kind of deal. Then I think we're going to shorten the game a bit and load up an offer for a lockdown eighth inning guy. Think Hector Neris or Josh Hader. And while the rest of the world think Justin Turner at DH is a great fit for us and would love to see it, it doesn't fit this front office's MO to do the obvious. I do think they have a chance to do it, but I see a mega deal coming together with San Diego. Think you, Darvish, and Manny Machado in exchange for taking on 75% of the salary of both players, Brett Beatty, Kevin Pareda, Mike Vassell. I haven't heard a whisper of a deal like this, but it does sound like a deal we didn't see coming that solves the need and also sets up for a competitive team in 24 that has a good starting rotation, protection for Pete, depth, and power. What do you think of this strategy? Uh, let's see. Let's go through a few of these things. You Darvish still has something left, but he's older and he signed long-term. So does you Darvish fit necessarily the timeline of what they're trying to do? Manny Machado does. He's in the prime of his career. I have gotten no indication. I don't think any of us has that San Diego, besides trading Juan Soto and letting some free agents go like Josh Hader and Seth Lugo, are really going to blow it up to that extent. If they do, there's a lot of pieces I'd be interested in, not just Manny Machado, but certainly Fernando Tatis Jr. And certainly not just Hugh Darvish, a guy like Joe Musgrove, despite our anger at his sticky ear. You are right. And this is the the exciting part, I guess, the hopeful part we have to be as Met fans, that sometimes deals come out of absolute nowhere. Sometimes you don't even hear rumors about it. We just saw, saw that in the NBA with the Knicks trade for OG Ananobi. It came out of absolute nowhere. We even saw it with the Red Sox-Braves trade of Chris Sale. It came out of absolute nowhere. Francisco Lindor a couple of years ago was a deal that came out of absolute nowhere. I've still held out hope that the deal with Chicago for a Luis Robert would come out of nowhere. I just remain very skeptical that the Padres are going to go further with their salary dumping that would lead to them trading Manny Machado. I don't see it happening. But it's not necessarily a bad thing. I think what the Mets and the Yankees and every team needs to do is they got to investigate Trevor Bauer a lot more. And I don't just necessarily mean the accusations against him because the other aspect of Trevor Bauer is that it seems like teammates everywhere have never liked him. And so I think you have to look into that. Because there are some players who are worth, even if they're a problem in the clubhouse, saying, ah, screw it, I'll bring them in. On a one-year make-good deal, I don't know. I'd hesitate. So I think if you're the Mets, the Yankees, or anybody else, you just got to do a lot more research on a lot of aspects of Trevor Bauer, including the accusations against him, including what teammates have thought about him, including where he's at right now mentally, including where he's at personality-wise. He's always been a cocky SOB. I don't know if you can be that right now. I think you'd have to come in as a very humble guy. David Ramos writes, not upset. So far from what I'm hearing locally from the media is kind of that the Mets could have gone higher, but I think the Mets went the highest. It's very clear to me Yamamoto went to the Dodgers and gave them the last right to match, but never gave the Mets a chance to exceed that. The Mets couldn't do more than what they offered. Maybe the Dodgers would have said okay if the Mets offered 350. The Mets have a guy, the top contract in the history of pitchers to a guy who never pitched an MLB. That's the most they or anyone can do. And to what to do next season, or and what to do next. Sorry, I'm trying to read this correctly. And as far as what to do next, I'm not in on Umaga. Because if you bring him in, you got to count that you need another pitcher because you got to go to a six-man rotation. 
I'm willing to do that with a stud pitcher, but not a third starter. I'd much rather look at Jordan Montgomery if you can get him for 5-125. Why not? If not, it gets more building this up as a bridge year, and I'm okay with that. 100%, I do not want Blake Snell. Have fun on your trip. Let's go, Mets. David Ramos. All right. I don't know if the Dodgers are to match 350 or 375. We don't know that for sure. Is it possible? Yeah. I mean, it seems like the Dodgers are everything we thought Steve Cohen was. So, yeah, if the Mets are offering him 12 years, 400, like I laid out, is it possible the Dodgers would have said, fine, we're going to match? Maybe. I just think the Mets needed to be higher and higher to make that happen. All right, let's get to those pivot starting pitchers. Jordan Montgomery, of the guys available right now, is the most intriguing to me. He is the guy who I'd look at and say, hey, I have the most confidence that that guy over the next three to four years can continue to get better. And we haven't seen the best of him. Now, he's different than a bridge guy because to get Jordan Montgomery, you're going to have to give him at minimum five years, maybe more. Here's why I'm not afraid of that, though. Right now, the Mets have a rotation that features Kodai Senga, Jose Quintana, Luis Severino, and Adrian Hauser. They've got four guys. They're going to add someone else. Who that guy is? Is it going to be on the level of Jordan Montgomery? Is it going to be a Michael Lorenzen, Eric Lauer, Jake Odorizzi kind of guy? Maybe. But they're definitely going to add a fifth starting pitcher. But let's think long-term for a second. Of all those guys I just mentioned, only one guy is signed past this year, and that's Kodai Senga. So I'm not against bridge guys, but if all you have are bridge guys, next year, you're going to be in the same spot. Now, there are a lot of starting pitchers available next year. We've mentioned some of the names, but the Mets can't just sign one guy. They're going to need to sign three or four guys, depending on the development of their young starting pitchers. So I'm not against getting someone now who can be in this rotation for the next couple of years so that going into next offseason, you're not looking to fill four rotation spots or three rotation spots. If you sign Jordan Montgomery, if you sign the lefty from Japan and you're signing them to multi-year deals, you at least know going into next year, okay, I got Kodai, I got the guy I just signed, Hopefully of the young pitchers, a few of them can come up here and contribute and make me think they could be in the rotation in 2025. And then when you go into free agency, you don't need to sign three guys. If everybody's a bridge guy, think about how many free agents or trades you're going to have to make next year to fill out a rotation. That's why I'm not scared off by a Jordan Montgomery. I like the idea of going into next offseason saying, okay, I got two guys I know I feel good about in Kodai Senga and Jordan Montgomery. And if I could add Shane Bieber, if I could add Corbin Burns, if I could bring back Zach Wheeler, great. I don't have to sign all of them. I can sign one of them. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. And the other reason why I think it's important, the more I've thought about this, to get a long-term guy, a Jordan Montgomery, is think about next year's free agency. 
not just among starting pitchers like I laid out that you're going to have to hit two, three, four guys. Juan Soto, you would think, is going to be a primary target. Pete Alonso has not re-signed yet. Are we assuming that the Mets are going to extend Pete Alonso? God willing, I hope, not just as a Mets fan, but I have not shaved my beard or cut my hair since I made the proclamation that a loyalty to Pete. I'm going to keep growing my hair till he signs. I look like a freaking caveman right now. So not just out of selfishness for my own look, but as a Met fan, I hope they get Pete done because I don't want to go into next offseason needing to do five things. If you don't re-sign Pete now and you don't add a long-term starting pitcher, you add another bridge guy, think about what you need to do in free agency next year. Re-sign Pete Alonso just to maintain the status quo. Go after Juan Soto who you're going to try to pry away from the Yankees. And then, oh, by the way, go at three starting pitchers in free agency. <laughs> it doesn't mean you can't do that. It doesn't mean the Mets can't just open up the pocketbook, especially with some contracts coming off the books next year, the money owed to Max Scherzer, potentially the money owed to Justin Verlander. But wouldn't you like to have a few things done now? Extending Alonzo and adding a long-term starting pitcher at least does that. The problem is when you look at the free agents, most of them are one-year guys. The only one besides Imanaga is Jordan Montgomery. Blake Snow, I think we mostly all agree. Let's stay away from him. But they're not going after Marcus Stroman, as solid as he is. I think he burned that bridge. That's on him. Hinjin Ryu is always hurt. Can't touch Clayton Kershaw. No thanks on Carlos Carrasco. Brandon Woodruff's interesting. And it would at least give you a rotation spot for next year but it doesn't help you this year. And I think you do need at least a little bit of help this year. Corey Kluber, James Paxton, Michael Lorenzen, Eric Lauer, who has the David Stearns Brewers connection. I lean towards adding Jordan Montgomery and adding a guy that I not only have in the, have in the rotation now, but I have somebody that at least I can plan on for next year as well. Let's get back to your emails. Brian writes, Evan, I think I'm one of the most balanced Met fans that there could be. I'm usually not one to yell at the cloud, sign everyone. But Yamamoto was not a player that Cohen could afford to lose. This was Cohen's moment. This is where he should have put a stake in the ground and showed us he was the owner he told us he was. A generational player was on the market and he was going to get him. Now we're back until wait till next year talk. As a longtime Met fan, I'm done hearing wait till next year. We had to hear that for like six years while we were waiting on Matt Harvey and Zach Wheeler to mature. We were hearing wait till next year when we had to watch Colin Cowgill in the Mets lineup and twist our thoughts to believe, hey, maybe Colin Cowgill can be a sleeper star. (laughs) What has Cohen done since being Mets owner? He has made some signings, sure, but it has mostly been low risk, short-term stopgap signings. We have been shopping in the dent and scratch section in the supermarket. We were sold that we were going to be shopping for filet mignon and champagne with Cohen, but time after time, we just don't go all the way. JT Ramuto was out there. We don't want to spend like drunken sailors. We got a good backup option in James McCann. Kyle Schwarber was out there when the writing was on the wall that there was going to be the universal DH, but we can't make it work with Vogelback. We don't want to spend money on the DH. Worked pretty well with Big Poppy. Last offseason was one of those wait-till-next-year classes. And what do we do? We sign Verlander, who's 80, and Kodai Senga. Senga's the move I'll give them credit for, but that doesn't make up for the garbage that we've been dealing with. Trey Turner was out there, and he was allowed to just walk off to the Phillies because apparently he was too good to sign. 
but we were willing to give Correa a billion dollars, even though of the three shortstop third baseman options, he was still the third best at the time, and we didn't get him anyway. Now we have to hear wait till next year during this offseason when Otani was available. We have been sold Otani literally for years since Cohen's been owner. And now we're told he didn't call me or I didn't even try. Yamamoto could not be lost. I don't care if he ended up being a $400 million paperweight. Optically, Cohen needed this. It would have been seen as a victory over the Yankees. He would have gotten endless goodwill from us. Here's what I do know. We will wait till next year. But here's what's going to happen. Of the big four pitchers, everyone's going to want Corbin Burns. He's the one I want. He'll be traded mid-year to a big market team, love it there, and re-sign. He's off the market. Max Fried will re-sign with the Braves. He's off the market. Walker Buehler and Zach Wheeler will be the players that'll be left, and the Mets will be stuck overpaying to get Zach Wheeler back for what he's done sticking it to the Mets and letting him walk the first time and will stink on his return. Lastly, for all the Met fans that think we're getting Juan Soto, we aren't getting Juan Soto. I already thought this before, but losing Yamamoto confirms it. He's going to sign with the Yankees. They have a year to woo him. He's going to love it there, but he will use us to bid up the price. I'd empty the farm system today for Juan Soto because, again, I'm done with wait till next year. What about this year? We had 100 wins in 2022, and we did not trade for anyone at the deadline. It's because of this wait till next year mentality. I want a championship this year. I want to try this year. I want to go all in this year. And I'll tell you a little secret. I'll have the same mentality next year. Sorry for the long note. I had to get that off my chest. Great email, Brian. I understand the emotion. I appreciate it. And I agree with a big part of it. We're only getting older. None of us want to sit around waiting till next year. Not when they've raised ticket prices, not when we're that kind of removed from a hundred win season of two years ago. So I get it. I think there's a balance though. Like going all in on Yamamoto is something I agree with you on. And that's why we're on the same page. The Mets needed to make a super offer. You may even say a stupid offer. They had to grossly outbid their opponents. They did not do that. They outbid their opponents slightly, and it was close enough for their closest rival to simply match it and call it a day. With that said, I don't want to do stupid things. While I want to win this year, I don't want to do and try dumb things at a win-at-all-cost mentality. Because the truth is, you can do both. You really can. And that's why the Mets needed to use the weapon of free agency and the weapon of having an owner that has a lot of money. Absorb a bad contract. Sign a big free agent. Do that without emptying the farm system, as you suggested, for Juan Soto. Are the Mets going to sign Juan Soto as I sit here today on the end of 23 into 2024? Do I think they're going to sign him? It's going to be tough. My confidence today is not what it was three weeks ago. Because my confidence three weeks ago was that our owner was a caricature that would stop at nothing to get what he wanted. I want that painting. I'll go get that painting. And what we have for now until proven otherwise is just a traditional big market owner. And while that's a huge upgrade over the Wilpons, that's not a guy I can confidently say is going to just go get whoever he wants. 
Because you're right about this, Brian. If the Mets are going to get Juan Soto, they're going to have to outbid the Yankees by a lot. That's what they're going to need to do. Can they do that? If Steve Cohen learns from what happened with Yamamoto, maybe they can. Maybe they will. Are the Yankees going to have a line in the sand like they've had for other guys in the past, like they had for Robinson Cano, like they had for Yamamoto, where they say, look, we're willing to offer a lot of money, but we're not going past this? Maybe so. And if that line is $450 million, then Steve Cohen better bid five fifty. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. That's what you need to do. Otherwise, you're not getting big free agents because the tie's going to the Dodgers. The tie's going to the Yankees. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 